As we sail down the river of Slurm, you'll see our mixologists at work. They take 900 of the finest ingredients, add a touch of childlike delight, and mix it all with glacial spring water from our glacial spring water generator. Then, last of all, we add the secret ingredient that makes Slurm so deliciously addictive. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Kind of went into a Billy West there. Like you, yes, I, you, you went into like, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was an intentional it. voice crack, but it was, but it was like, you it, got more like, and kind more of, Billy. I was trying to, trying to get Glurmo's uh, uh, essence as best I could. And it started to, that, uh, that was, that's a name that I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause Glurmo was a name that I kept forgetting throughout the episode. I was like, <laughs> Glurmo, Glurmo. And and that it was completely gone um because slurms mckenzie is such a is is so much the 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 mascot literally of this episode yeah and it's um, the perfect name slurms mckenzie yes is the perfect name <laughs> i love yes, it has slurms it is McKenzie. a name without rival uh but yes this is two bad neighbors a simpsons podcast that became a futurama podcast hosted by a robot man and his immortal friend <laughs> Uh, hello, I am Gregbot1.12. And I'm Alan. And, and you're I'm old. immortal, yeah. Yeah. Um, I... I never know what to say with the, with the intro. <laughs> with myself. Um, well, um, Gregbot has be, has, is getting, um, more and more human in that, um, I... I'm starting to understand more and more what this whole experience called life is. Also, I'm burning up. <laughs> I've got a watch stuck in my stomach. Oh, no. <laughs> Who did you steal it from? I stole it from my stage manager here in Edmonton. Hmm. And I ate it. <laughs> yeah. Um... That was a badger plot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny? I mean, we'll we'll dive into it, but it's funny how the the setup to them getting the winning uh bottle cap is really non uh not needed. Um no. because it turns out they just he just had one. <laughs> yeah. It was just in they... the fridge. <laughs> I it's like it's what do they call those like a narrative cul-de-sac? Yeah. Where you just you, you like you go on a trip, but you end up exactly where you began began in the first place, and that's kind of what that was in the first act, which was yeah. fun. I liked seeing, I liked the Bender goofs of like all of that. Uh, anyway, um, this is of course uh, in the thirty first century. We start at zero, so we have a um, a brand new guest today who has not been on the show ever. <laughs> That's right. Not no. once. Not the Futurama show. Exactly. Ex- which is the only show. Right, right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. My apologies. Yeah. yeah. It's a completely different name. Right. It's two bad neighbors in the 31st century. We've How scrubbed the canon. Will anyone ever know? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> we're starting at we're starting at zero, except for I'm 
I'm a I'm one point twelve. I'm a right? Greg bot one point twelve. Yeah. Well, congratulations yep. on the new podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. It's really taking off. We've um <laughs> we've hit no snags. <laughs> yeah, as anyone listening can attest to, uh, and knows that this episode's definitely right on right on track, right on schedule. <laughs> right on time. Yep. It's not like Greg's been uh, out of town for, uh, let me just check my notes here, uh, eternity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is my last uh, day. We, hey, we, that's we, it's my we, last day. Uh, we have fun. Uh, here in, in Edmonton. Greg. Yeah. Can we what? shout out our, um, our, our $69 contest winner? <laughs> Wasn't really a contest per se. Um, <laughs> but somebody did it and I just thought it would be really nice to shout them out. No. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking um, of. Yeah, we did. For those that listened to the last few episodes, we were talking about how our Patreon was at 69 episodes. Uh, and we thought, well, I thought on, on the fly, I was like, here's something I'm going to offer our listeners. And it was, uh, if you pledge $69, I will make some Simpsons art for that person. Um, and yes, uh, we did have one person take me up on that offer, which I am pretty happy about. Uh, I would have been fine if no one did, honestly. <laughs> but but I was happy that someone did, and I'm happy that we didn't get like a barrage of, even though, you know, again, like financially, <laughs> maybe that would have been great, but it would have been so much work for me. Um, so this way I can just focus on this one. Uh, which I am doing. It is in the process. Uh, we've been in con- I've been in contact with the uh, the kind pledger, as it were, uh, Pierce, um, uh, and asked for any. You know, I, I was like, "Do you have any like requests for the art?" And uh, they did, which is great because it gives me some direction. And uh, I've absolutely I've started working on the the basic outline of this artwork, um, and we'll see how how good it turns out. I hope it's okay. But that's what they paid for. They paid for art by me, who someone they don't know if I'm good at art. So, <laughs> an Alan original. That's right. Inspired by the number sixty nine. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I was going to say I also so like I'm in this weird financial limbo because uh, I've been unemployed for so long and all my student loans ran out and all this stuff. But um, I did just start a small part-time job. So at least there's something coming in. Um, and I just got, uh, a couple bursaries with UFC, um, which is going to be helpful, uh, about three grand in, uh, bursaries. Um, you don't have to pay those back. That's correct. Yeah. So that's for why those they're called bursaries, bursaries. And I wasn't aware of this until I applied for them, but a bursary is different than a scholarship because the bursaries are based on financial need. Uh, whereas scholarships are more based on academic merit. Um, that being said, I think a reason I got some of these bursaries is because uh, my GPA is really high. So, um, Yeah, whenever they say it's not based on academic merit, they're lying. <laughs> all they care about it's is those, all a lie. those fucking numbers, baby. Yeah, as soon as they see, oh, you're not making much money, okay, that gets you into the conversation, right? right? But then... <laughs> Then it's academic merit. It's always come down to that. 
Don't be fooled. Yeah. Don't don't ever be fooled. Um yeah. So that's that's how we've been. Wow, we got through that real quick. <laughs> I mean, I figured it was a good time to sorry, check in. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. I'm in a I'm in a really sad place. I know, right I know. I I just figured we haven't had a, a main feed up in a while, so it was a good yeah. time to check in even though yes, I know <laughs> you're not doing great. I was hoping maybe, yeah. you know, you'd you'd you'd, you'd side sidestep that conversation just be like ah, I, i'm I, trying I, I i saw batman again or something i don't know i wasn't sure i'm trying oh i saw the outfit what the hell the, is the, the outfit the mark rylance movie the outfit i've never um, heard of this until now he's the above the title star <laughs> of a movie called the outfit where wow. he plays an english uh cutter not taylor okay but he does the job of a tailor plus like um, actual fabric cutting and all that sort of thing. And he's like, he's a very particular guy. Um, and he gets himself involved in a, uh, in like a little bit of a gangland uh, skirmish on one snowy night in Chicago in 1956. And the movie's very much like a play. It only takes place in this tailor shop. Um, and it's like Zoe. Zoe Deutsch. Deutsch. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's in it, and Johnny Flynn, um, who I don't know if you uh, have ever seen the Netflix series Lovesick or listened to his music. Um, no. Or he's Emma. A interesting. Oh, he is an Emma. Yeah, yeah. He's so um, good at Emma. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a really good actor. I would love to see him in more things. It's a weird movie. It's kind of a miracle movie that it even exists because it's like so tight and compact and doesn't have anything to do with anything else it just stars a really talented actor <laughs> from britain and it was like it's a written and directed by this guy movie and it's just a basically a play but it's not based on a play you know it's a, it's weird it has almost a reservoir dogs feel to it that's cool in a way but only but it's 1956 um some of the performances are weird, <laughs> and some of the dialogue is also weird, but I liked it quite a bit. Um, that's the happy stuff. Yeah. See, I knew if I knew I could just get you talking about movies, you'd be there. You you'd go. Right, yeah. Right as rain. <laughs> also, Severance on Apple TV Plus. Oh boy. <laughs> is it good? It's good. Really, yeah. I love Adam Scott. It's good. Yeah, he's real good in it. Um, also, it's so easy to watch. On Apple TV Plus. It's really not. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> they're gonna give me money one day. Uh, yeah, probably. For this. And they're gonna take my money yeah. away. Um, mm. <laughs> that'll be the deal. <laughs> yeah. You lose um, money and Greg gets money. Yeah. So Apple TV is not giving Greg any money. They're just taking your yeah, money and giving, giving it to my Greg. money to Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, that's what it feels like it, to Tim be Apple. honest um, <laughs> um, well that's it. cool uh, I mean we I, I, I feel like we gotta we gotta at least briefly talk about the Oscars cause those happen <laughs> well, should, should we introduce our guest first so, <laughs> so, so I'm yeah, just gonna keep get a word in edgewise I'm just gonna keep talking regardless <laughs> no, of, of whether you that's, introduce me or that's not that's what we like we, we like that preferred actually um our our guest of course is emma sinclair 
Uh, we brought her from the uh, 21st century here <laughs> to the 31st. Uh, Emma. Hello. We usually, we usually do uh, a segment called What's Your Deal? <laughs> as far as your relationship with Futurama goes. Um, and we will get to that. But first things first. Um, I thought you were going to do the like... The slap. <laughs> what the hell? We usually do this segment, and today is no different. <laughs> so here it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can No, talk I think Oscars you're first. right, though. I think, I think you're right. We got to talk a little bit about the Oscars. Not necessarily just the slap, yeah. but we're probably going to talk a little bit about that. It's hard not to. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, it was a... Uh, it, it was it was a dark day for for Al, for Allie and I, and we turned the Oscars on as sort of a way to distract ourselves. And twenty minutes later, Chris Rock got slapped in the face, and distraction achieved. <laughs> and then moments later, I joined the text conversation that the four of us, Alan, Emma, myself, and James Wade, wherever he is. Um, yeah. we're having. Yeah, we don't know where he is. And and it was interesting. I I, I think it was interesting because uh, Alan, you wrote, uh, "Wow, that was wild. Can't wait for Will Smith's acceptance speech." <laughs> uh, literally 15 minutes before he won, and yeah. I was like, "Is he is he actually going to win?" And then I remembered, of course, he's going to because votes were already in. His name has already been engraved on the thing. It's a done deal. So yeah, there's that. Um, but over, overall, that's why it's wild my, my that he did away, that. Like, just fucking yeah. chill for a bit, dude. Your moment is coming that you've been clamoring for for your the past twenty years at least. Like yeah. since Ali, I'd say at the very least. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Which was also, I think, his. Oh no, he got nominated for Pursuit of Happiness as well. But he sure did. Yeah. So this was his third nomination. And it, everyone, everyone knew, everyone knew he was going to win. You know what I mean? Like in, in the very, in the Oscar sense of like the precursor awards and like all that stuff. Um, I really liked King Richard. I too, did too. So, yeah. I thought it was a good movie and I was surprised I really how good it was. It. I'm and a then, sucker for And now it's tainted. Yeah. I'm a sucker for a good sports movie though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like King that Richard became... is like, it's a good movie. It became a Venus uh, Williams biopic for the second half, and that's that was mm-hmm. which is a good move, you know, because she's an interesting character, and like that whole segment where he's literally like in the sidelines for most of the movie at that point is like so good, and that's not to say the first half isn't good. Also, like the you know all the stuff where he's more of the showcase, also very good. Um, it shows a, a a little bit of a, um, a of savvy on the writing of the movie to be like, okay, yes, we were, it's kind of, it's like this origin story, mm-hmm. which is, which is pretty cool, but it also leaves this weird, like kind of a crack in the door open for, for like a sequel <laughs> because, sure, because yeah. there truly is so much more son, son of Richard. to, to the story son of King Richard. Yeah. Son because you haven't even, yeah. Son of the mask. Um, Cause you haven't <laughs> even touched on, on Serena's, career yeah at this point which is absolutely fascinating and the two of them as doubles competitors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is also incredible um so i don't know it, <laughs> it's well acted 
it was i i love john bernthal <laughs> oh man i love when he comes into that movie at the halfway point and he's just like all right yeah yo, what's going on over here oh you got what's this a phone call all right what is it line two all right line two here we go and i'm just like what the hell's going on who's this guy <laughs> he's so good he could only do it with that mustache <laughs> um yeah but yeah the slap uh fucking weird and still feels surreal and like you know hard to believe it actually happened um but there was a lot of other moments i really enjoyed uh at the oscars and it, it you know it just kind of sucks this is obviously gonna overshadow all of them like troy kotzer's uh win i thought was so lovely um the lady gaga and liza minnelli moment was really lovely um you know and then uh, of course how can we not for not uh, how can we forget when the Flash entered the Speed Force? Um, of course, you know, the greatest cheer moment of uh, of movie history. And and how can we yeah. also forget about all of the weird sexual harassment that went on? Oh yeah, <laughs> the the three lady uh, hosts uh, did a lot of uh, sexual harassment towards males, which uh, I guess we're okay with in society, you know, because it's men. It's okay to harass men. Um, yeah, that was, I didn't like that. I didn't, I thought it was gross. Um, yeah. Oscars, man. They're, I don't they're know, wild. Guys. I think it's, it's totally fine to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You think so, Greg? No. Have you on record? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did, I must say, um, I'm not a big Amy Schumer fan, mm. but okay. I think she did a great job and it kind of made me like her a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Amy Schumer's uh, very up and down for me. Uh, I actually, I still like Trainwreck a lot, um, which is arguably her biggest showcase. Um, and I've never really liked her stand-up, though. Uh, also, she had the, uh, that uh, what's it called? Inside Amy Schumer. She had that TV show, which I didn't watch a lot of. But there's a segment called 12 Angry Men Inside Amy Schumer that's really good. Um, if you ever mm-hmm. want to just watch that segment uh, from her show, I think it's a master, like a masterpiece of satire, uh, sketch comedy, um, oh. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just wish that her moment of like, did something happen? Come <laughs> came earlier because I feel like there needed to be that like to take the air out of the room yeah. a little bit sooner. That that's sort of I mean I can't like I have nothing new to say that yeah. hasn't already been said about the slap. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I just wish that that moment had come sooner so that there could have been a little bit of like, whew, a little reprieve. All right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Diddy tried to do that, you know, a little bit because he was the presenter right after it all happened. Um, but it was, it, it just, yeah, it still just felt weird and like, I don't know. Yeah, we yeah we definitely needed like a host to come out and do like some kind of bit about it, you know, to again to if considering they they didn't remove Will Smith from you know like <laughs> it's like if we're just gonna go along like things are normal, we need to like you know kind of mention it in a in a humorous way then um but yeah what a what a weird wild time hey who won oscars what what do you mean (laughs) like other than will smith who won (laughs) 
Coda. Troy Kotzer. Troy Kotzer for supporting. Um, yeah. You got uh, Jessica Chastain, got Best Actress. Oh, yeah. I watched The Eyes of Tammy, Tammy Faye, Faye a couple days later. Yeah, how was it? Um, I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Sure. <laughs> I found, I found like, all of the makeup and hairstyling, like I usually do in movies like that, I found it annoying, mm. mostly, where it's like, okay, so you're just putting, like, jowls on these people, on... <laughs> And I'm I'm like to to make them look they look close enough without the make I I don't like that sort of thing it doesn't it usually never works and and I, it feels like they just won for most makeup because it definitely was like there was a lot of makeup and hairstyling going on and it, it feels like they just won for most makeup and she's good she's good in it I've seen her in a lot of movies where she's better yeah but. Uh, that was the weirdest category, I felt, like the one that was hardest to predict. Um, mm. And I uh, I was, even though I haven't seen Parallel Mothers yet, I was hoping for a Penelope Cruz win, personally. Um, I was banking on Case 2. Me too. Case 2 would have been great also. Um, I mean, if she got up there in those shorts, whoo, <laughs> go girl. She was wearing like I didn't a, see. Yeah, she was wearing a tux top and shorts. Uh-huh. Cool. Hell yeah. Cool. It was so cool. She's it was so, cool. so awesome. I right, love so her. Cool. Um, but yeah, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Well-deserved. 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 But that I, was, did that's see, great. I did see a tweet that <laughs> only two uh, Latina women have won Best Supporting Actor, and they have done it for the same role. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah latina latinx i guess sorry yeah. latinx um i mean i feel like the the thing that's like that i like about that win though is that now it's they're in rare company of two actors getting an oscar for the same role which is only shared by um de niro and brando for godfather Bra- brando and yeah. Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger for the clown prince of crime himself, the Joker. That's right. That's right. Which I think is very funny. Um, uh, Brana got his Oscar, finally. He did. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, for writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Paul Thomas Anderson still doesn't have one. <laughs> I didn't like licorice one. pizza, though, so. Oh, I love it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but that, Jane Campion, Jane Campion taking, got... taking Kevin Costner down a peg. <laughs> and the rest of the directors in yeah. the category. She went up and she was like, uh, good work, everyone, but this was mine. You couldn't have gotten this. I was like, Whoa. Bold. <laughs> yeah. Bold to say that in front of Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have been my my other choice to win director? Because West Side Story is just so beautifully shot and mounted. It's just wonderful. Like, it's crazy how good of a director he is and how cliche that is to say. Yeah. But if Power of the Dog wasn't what it was this year, which it turned out it wasn't. It well, that's, only yeah, won that's that weird. award, didn't it? Biggest, that was the only award it won, and it was the most yeah. nominations. It got the most nominations this year. 
but only one award. Yeah. I think it was yeah. tied with Dune. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was Which one? Twel- I think Six? It was 12, 12 noms for um, Power of the Dog and 11 for Dune, I think. Oh, okay. But I, I, I could be wrong. I um, don't know why I questioned you. You would know better <laughs> than I would. <laughs> Dune won six, none of which were, like, televised or, like, they were all pre-shot, right? They were all the technical categories or the boring categories. Yeah, yeah I the mean, ones it, that they cut to save time. And the show was longer. Yeah, of course it was. They, they, they do this every year. They're like, here's how we make it shorter. And it's like, just accept yeah. that it's going to be three plus hours. Like, you know, the people who want to watch it are going to watch it. And then the people yep. that don't are watching it anyway. It's not like they're going to be like, I'll tune in, but only if it's done by by seven or nine, whatever, whatever time. And it's always done relatively early because, you know, we're in mountain time. That is that is true. Wild mountain time. <laughs> no. A movie that no. has not had its fair shake. <laughs> there are no bumblebees here. Ah, uh, but he's a bee man. Uh, yeah, it's a metaphor, Emma. It's a metaphor. I just verified. Power of the Dog had twelve noms. Dune had ten. So. Oh, okay. Ten. Yeah. Also, um, there should there should have been another one for that one. Should have had best director in there. Yeah, that, that's a weird. It's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird when like all the technical uh, noms happen and not for director. Where it's like, well, what the heck? What yeah. the hell did you think he was doing? <laughs> yeah, he still wins film editing and score. Hans Zimmer Hans, finally wins um, his other Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> um, has John Greenwood got an Oscar for score yet? No, not yet. He. That's another one. I, that I, I like. thought he would. I thought he would get it for Power of the Dog. I just I think he's so due. He's he did he did three three films this year that are all fucking mm-hmm. great score wise yeah. at least. Um, just bangers. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he'll, he's due. He's he's getting one soon. I'm sure. Anyway. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. Let's pivot over to <laughs> Emma Sinclair, as in. What's your deal? Like, with Futurama or in general? Yeah, yeah. what's your deal, Emma? <laughs> what's your deal? Uh, well, I feel like I've been watching Futurama forever. And I've said this on the Two Bad Neighbors podcast, which is a completely mm-hmm. different podcast than this yeah, one. Correct. Um, completely different show, yeah. That uh, I like Futurama better than The Simpsons. And, I, yeah, I, I think I got, when the first season came out on DVD, I had it on DVD. I had every season, every movie, mm-hmm. and they were, they were the things I watched over and over and over again. Hell yeah. Yeah. Did you watch the, like, the reboots, the, couple, the, the two different reboots that they did? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and honestly, I think... Yeah, I honestly think that the ending of the last season of Futurama is a perfect ending. I'm sad they're bringing it back because yeah. they ended it so beautifully. Yeah, and that's, I mean, we, we kind of touched on this uh, before. I feel like even the original ending, like when they got canceled, which wasn't mm-hmm. planned to be an ending, but they kind of like, just like, you know, pivoted slightly to make it feel like more of a finale. 
uh, the devil's hands are idle playthings, um, I think is also a really beautiful ending. Um, but then, yes, once they brought it back and once they had, obviously, like, they knew we are ending it this time, they were able to build up that final episode. And I think it's it's even more beautiful than uh, than the the, very, the more simple ending of Devil's Hands or I Don't Play Things. Um, I think that's also, uh, you're right, it's beautiful. It's so sweet and yeah. lovely. And, yeah. Yeah, it's just a nice little... I love little, that episode. That episode's perfect. Oh, it's perfect. one of my faves. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have, so do you have a favorite episode off the top of your dome then? <laughs> I, yeah, off the top of my head, I, I don't know, that one's great. I mean, I love the episode where they find Nibbler. I love most episodes, um, with Zap Brannigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, the one where Leela has to pretend to be a dude to join the army. Yeah, War, that War one's is the H pretty... word, I think it's called. Yeah. I yeah. love that episode. Where he, yeah, uh, then Zap gets uh, confused sexually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, cool. Yeah. It's just, it's, oh, I mean, Seymour. How oh. can you talk about the show without talking about Seymour? I know. I've I've told Greg already I'm going to be a, a mess when we have to rewatch that. I haven't rewatched it since I adopted a dog, um, mm. and so especially because Seymour looks like Jackson, um, right? So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be even more rough than it was when I uh, you know watched it originally. But, uh, but I it's, realize, it's lovely. I realize now that I've been talking about it. I think it's the Five Leaf Clover episode. Yes. Yes. Is my favorite episode. That's the, the luck of the Fryrish. That is a yeah. also another, um, yeah, I feel like Jurassic Bark and luck of the Fryrish are kind of the two that are often talked about when, uh, you know, people are like, uh, Futurama, it's a lot more goofy and like, you know, you know, there's some heart to it, but like, it's mostly just like gags and jokes and stuff. And I feel like those two episodes are like pristine examples of how good they can be at the, at pulling the heartstrings, uh, in the, in the series that they don't do super often, but when they do it, they nail it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love that episode too. Um, great. Well, should we dive into this episode? Yes, let's. This disgusting episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot how disgusting I know. It oh is. my God. The, the Slurm Queen. Um, this is of course Fry and the Slurm Factory. It is the 13th episode of season one. Uh, and the finale, arguably, again, if we're going by our production order, which we're doing, um, written by Lewis Morton, directed by Ron Hugart, Hugart, I don't know, uh, original air date, November 14th, 1999. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, they go to the Slurm factory and it's great. Cool. Question for yeah. you is having a cold open something that they do in season one, because we found after... it more common than we remember, or than I remembered at least. Yeah. Right. Because I think later they always open with the theme and so yeah. this one having a cold open i was like a bit thrown i i agree and i think that's what uh, i've found with all of season one so far anytime they do have a cold open which again is more common than i thought i'm always like oh a cold open like it's <laughs> it's like a surprise um but yeah we'll see as we keep going because i just i can't remember how often they do it but it does seem more common in season one so far and I don't recall it happening much in the other seasons. Because I will say, when I 
used to rewatch the DVDs all the time, I definitely watched seasons two through four more often than season one. Um, mm. There's a couple episodes in season one that I love, but uh, like overall, I wasn't. I feel like it really hits its stride in season two. So. Um, when yeah. is a fish full of dollars? That was because uh, we we watched that one already. Um, you have. Oh, yeah, it's episode one, two, three, four, five, six of season one. Wow, that's quite early. Yeah. Which one's that? That's where he gets the sardines or the uh, anchovies. Oh yes, of course. Anchovies. anchovies, yeah. And uh, mom, the introduction of mom. Yeah. Yeah. The slurm factory is in a is a similar thing to the mom thing. <laughs> yeah. I think. In what way? Just, you know, like this this shadowy corporation <laughs> that is revealed to be, like, not what you think it is on the inside. Uh-huh. You know? it's It has a very similar dynamic, but this one they lean further on the gross alien aspect <laughs> of it rather than the uh, gross dystopian sci-fi capitalist yeah. um, aspect of it. Which is, you know, like, it's, it's all good. It's all great sci-fi stuff that Futurama is really, really great at. And they lean further into the alien stuff sometimes and further into the gross capitalist stuff sometimes. But just like they are with um, those Heartstring episodes, they're really good at it. They're mm-hmm. really good at this, um, at this sci-fi satire, which is what sci-fi is, should be. Like, yeah. If you're doing comedy anyway, it, it's, it, they're really good at it. Um, like the, the Slurm Factory is, it, it can just, it can be just like a metaphor for how our food is given to us at the end of the day, you know, like, um, specifically like from the American point of view, like the, the FDA, um, is notoriously bad at their job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you mean you, the Bureau of Soft Drinks, Tobacco and Firearms? Exactly right, in this case, because of course they would, in the thousand years, just merge yeah. it all and just say, it's fuck all one it. one company, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Everything's fine. It's all under one banner. Um, <laughs> this is not about the tobacco or firearms. It's about the soft drinks. Uh, it's it's the Bureau of Soft Drink, Tobacco, and Firearms, really? <laughs> wow. Um, that's really funny. Because, uh, I mean, it is it is alcohol, tobacco, and firearms now. Yeah. It's not it's, too far it's off. It's ATF yeah. now. It's yeah. not too far. Um, but I imagine they would just fold alcohol into soft drinks. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> In the future. It's like, it's got bubbles. <laughs> just put them all together. And, like, soft drinks are, like, these alien things. And... I think the the Slurm Queen brings up a good point. Like, honey comes from a bee's butt. (laughs) And it's delicious. (laughs) Uh, You just don't think about it too much, you know? Like, you just really don't want to see how the sausage is made Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. That's what this episode is all about. And, like, the, the fake Slurm Factory is all about polishing this turd and being like, just don't look too hard. Well, all the, like, the the posturing that they do at the factory where it's like, here's the Grunkalunka's heart at work, you know, massaging the berries and all, and it's all, it's all for show, we learn, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, you know, in that opening quote, I said, I I mean, I chose it partly because I love uh, the glacial spring water from our glacial spring water generator. It's just like, again, like, great satire about this, like, idea of 
we as consumers want to believe that like the food we consume is all like so natural or like from you know from oh from the mountains and stuff but it's like no it's all made in a fucking factory like you know yeah yeah it's it's the fucking uh, nestle bottled water is just Mm -hmm. some guy in a bathtub (laughs) yeah yeah, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. He, he makes it while he bathes. Let it, yeah, <laughs> let it really sink in. Just get all of the flavor. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's let mountain, it marinate for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, uh, to, to kick off the, the chat about how we feel about the episode, what's everyone's, uh, Greg especially, because I know Emma and I have watched it a lot, and you don't watch the show as much. And is this when's the last time you watched this episode? Do you think? Oh, probably in university sometime. Yeah. Uh, but there are a few things that are indelible about this particular one. Yeah. It's really hard to forget yeah. because that Slurm Queen <laughs> is disgusting. Um, the I I I I remembered the the Willy Wonka parody being longer mm. in my, in mm. my memory, but it's really just that one kind of in the second moment. act mostly. Yeah, and when it turns into the like to the underbelly of the Slurm Factory, we kind of forget about the Willy Wonka thing, which I'm actually pretty thankful for yeah. because it's been done to death. Yeah. Um, and the and it almost feels like that. <laughs> I think the Grunkalunkas have the perfect amount of screen time too. I agree. Absolutely. I love the Grunkalunkas so much. They're so funny, but if they kept it going, it would yes. get too much and annoying. Well, it's the, it's the I love rule that their three, last right? moment. Yeah. Because they do one their, their kind last of full moment song. is. They're having a smoke outside the keep out sign. That's really funny. Yeah, they do. They do the one kind of full song, you know, uh, not quite full song, obviously, but like the the full little number. And then it's like, what's up with the secret ingredient? And it's and they do a quick little like, you shouldn't ask about the secret ingredient. <laughs> and then I was just curious because of the armed guards, grunkalunka, dunkity, darned guards, shut the hell up! <laughs> like it's a perfect like they're gonna do it again. And they stop them. It's great. I love that's like, yeah, one of my favorite, like, rule of three kind of uh, jokes in the series um, is the stupid songs and the, the rhyme. Grunkalunkadunkity <laughs> darned guards. So I, I completely forgot about the uh, Bender initial plot of him being sick and have stolen a watch or something. Yeah. Because that just seems because they set up the actual plot of the episode in the cold open. Mm-hmm. And then they take a while to get back to it, which is why I described it as a narrative cul-de-sac earlier. Yeah. Um, well, and you'd think that they like, would like, they would use that as like, Oh, the reason he's sick isn't because of a watch. It's because he's got the winning button inside. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah, seems that's to be what the I logical... thought it would be, <laughs> but they just yeah, want to set up the, the bottle cap so that they can go use it to try and find it, which they don't even do. They don't even find it using the no. F-ray. <laughs> It's no, so they weird. Don't. It's such a weird plot, plot structure. Um, it's just they go for a long walk. Literally, yeah, yeah. they walk around the town and <laughs> try it, and then and, and they fail. And the other thing that I always remembered from this one was was Slurms McKenzie, yeah. because as Emma pointed out, that's a perfect name. It it is a perfect character name, and like the the thing that i remember the most is them is the discovery of the slurm factory and what its horrible disgusting secret was yeah and uh for me this the... time around i was just i just laughed the whole time this is a great mm-hmm. episode yeah uh i love this episode it's definitely probably my favorite of the first season um 
it's de- and it's like you said it's it's just kind of it's the one that like just stuck in my brain for so long ever mm-hmm. since i first saw it um i just was always like you know futurama I immediately think, oh, Slurm Factory. Like, what a great episode. You know, like, that's just, like, an iconic episode. I think it was named, like, the third best episode by some, you know, some online IGN or some shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I think it's I think it's accurate. I think it's, like, one of the best episodes of the series. Um, and the image, for me, the image of the Slurm Queen crying and slurping from her own tail. <laughs> It's just never left my brain as one of the <laughs> grossest things I've ever like seen in television, you know, like it's just so foul. Um, but I mean, but uh, <laughs> the other thing is they make they 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 so purposefully make Slurm seem so delicious that like even when you get to that point where she does like the concentrated Slurm for Fry, um I'm like, I get it. Like, <laughs> they've built this this product up as being so tasty that I'm like, I have no idea what that tastes like. I imagine Mountain Dew, um, but uh, Fry loves it so much that I'm like, it's got to be it's got to be some really tasty uh, slug juice, you know? He tries to bite his own arms off to get more <laughs> of it. I think I think it's all very gross. Yes, but I think what makes it worse is the noises she makes to, like, release it. She's always like, oh! No. Emma, why did you choose this episode? You were like, you have to have me on for this one. Alan asked me what episode, and this was just the immediate one that came to mind. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, right, like, if I got to choose an episode and the first one, right, it's a gut reaction. Yeah. So I got to follow that gut. <laughs> and what, what about this episode um, left its indelible mark to you? Is it the Slurm Queen? Yes. And I, I have a very, like, strong image of my mind of... Uh, Slurms McKenzie's eyes oh, after yeah. he takes off the sunglasses. I'm so tired of partying. <laughs> <laughs> Babes, you've been with me for 40 years. <laughs> you served me well. Um, Is this one of them Pamela years. Anderson? Um, there's she, she voices a character early in the episode. Earlier. Dixie, who's like, I won, mm. who like wins the uh, the contest or something earlier. Um, I think it was a kind of a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Um, right. But uh, I was going to say the, the moment as well where Slurms McKenzie gets crushed, I found like so funny because I did mm-hmm. not expect it. Like I, I, you know, even when he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself and he's like, you know, I'm going to party <laughs> until like the only way I know how. Um, and it's like caving in. I'm like, okay, yeah, like he's going to get, you know, consumed. And I figured the character's going to die in it. But like the way they choose to animate it where like a rock hits him and like squishes his head and then the rest fall on him. I'm like, oh God, that's so like way more graphic than I expected. So can I make a, um, I want to throw in a comparison as long as we're on Slurms McKenzie Mm -hmm. here. I think Slurms as how he's introduced developed and then finally taken out in this one episode 
is exactly how they should have treated Duffman. <laughs> that is true. Because Slims yeah. McKenzie comes into this episode real hot. You want to know more about him. You'll learn all there is to know about him, and that's he's a party dude who doesn't want to party anymore, but if he stops partying, he's going to get fired. <laughs> and so he's going to sacrifice himself in the only way he knows how, and it's to party. <laughs> and then he dies. Yeah, it's perfect. That that includes all of the pathos of what of Duffman in one singular episode. It's so quick and efficient. And the thing is, we remember Slurms McKenzie fondly mm -hmm. because of he it. He didn't overstay his welcome. He didn't come back in later yeah, episodes and be like, it's me again. And it's like, all right. Yeah, it's me again. I have a name other than <laughs> Slurms McKenzie, other than Duffman. Yeah. I have wants and dreams. No, Nobody wants that. <laughs> No, you are a one-off joke character, and Slurms McKenzie's character happens to have enough of an arc for us to be completely satisfied and punch out while we're ahead. <laughs> That's something that I think Futurama, despite all of its revivals, has always done. They've gotten out while they were ahead. Yeah. Yeah, there's you know, definitely... Gotten out with goodwill. They, they definitely, I mean, they, they also, they create such a wide array of characters. And I think that it's almost because they have this, like, um, canvas to, to draw on in terms of, like, it's the 31st century. They can make robot characters. They can make alien characters. They, like, the sky's the limit. I think because having that creative um, ability means that they don't feel the need to, like, draw from the past well of characters unless it makes sense for the story. You know, like even the character of Mom that we that we mentioned, like she obviously is a recurring character, but like she only crops up in like three or four episodes in the original run, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And it always makes sense why she why she crops up because like she could easily have become a Mister Burns esque figure who's like omnipresent and like shows up often, you know, because she's like the capitalist overlord person. But they, yeah, but they, they I always... think. Good. Oh, they always find a like an interesting way to add her in too, right? Yes. Like we find out that her and the professor had a previous relationship and things <laughs> like that, right? Like they really don't pull their punches. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think it's great. And I think that's, that's why like something like Duffman doesn't work. Disco stew don't work for me. Cause they are one, like one joke characters and they, for whatever reason, I mean, cause they're fucking still making that show. Um, they, they need to keep pulling them back in for, and like have full episodes. I'm like, I don't want an episode about disco stews. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm sad because disco's dead or what I, I don't even remember. He had a, he had a whole episode once. I didn't watch it, but anyway. The thing is like, if anyone canceled the Simpsons tomorrow, we'd hear about it for a little bit and like, I don't care. <laughs> I think I would feel slight relief. Yeah. You know? But... Be like Frodo. What? It's done. It's done. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Truly. I feel like that's what it's going to feel like if if I'm alive yeah. when The Simpsons ends. Um, because who fucking knows <laughs> You will days. be. Well, oh, I will be. You're right. I'm immortal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget my own canon. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm here greg bot doesn't that's, forget a that's thing that's right that's is that one of your upgrades yep yeah memory perfect memory, memory. <laughs> yep 
Um, I wanted to say as well, we talked about him earlier, but I, I also really love Glermo. Um, the, you know, especially when he gets cut in half, <laughs> he gets two weird little voices. Um, uh, all by Billy, Billy West, by the way. Um, the two, the two little ones as well, uh, which is fun. Uh, but I also wanted to say originally his name was going to be Slurmy Slonka. <laughs> you know, just, uh, in case you weren't understanding yeah. the reference, they really were to really drive the point past <laughs> home. It was a really that was a day one uh, pitch, a writer's pitch, uh, and I'm glad they changed it. I think Glermo's yeah a better name, and also I I think funnier. I don't know, Glermo is just like a funny name to me. It's a funny name. Again, I said I didn't remember it as well, just because Slurms McKenzie yeah. is just ever present of in course, my mind. Yeah. But I I mean I just I don't know something about the way you, like hi I'm Glermo welcome to the planet Wormulon <laughs> like, what the hell. <laughs> fucking absurd you do that very well alan <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh my gosh um slurms mckenzie voiced by david herman um and tress mcneil voices the, the slurm queen of course uh who's great i love tress mcneil um but yeah I'm, I'm trying to I'm, I'm i'm doing my best to try and like find out and shout out some of the voice actors for for the characters because I find it, I mean, as you know, I find it fascinating uh, learning all the all the character actors who can do so many different voices. Mm. I want to I wanna bring up uh, just a quick little bit of, um, uh, I guess, production criticism on this one. Okay. Um, I don't know if you noticed this or how you guys watched it, but I watched it on Disney Plus, and I love shouting out when... Disney Plus either fucks up or things look weird on Disney Plus. Uh Um, But there were certain cells and certain shots in this episode that felt um, like the coloring was weird. Mm. Like it was, it was too pale. Like the, the whites were too, um, weren't balanced for whatever reason. I felt that with Bender Um, when he was sick, but I thought that was purposeful. That was definitely purposeful, but I think it, it recurred later in the in the episode when they were in the slurm factory okay. um when they were running through it 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 got like it got lighter again and it it just reminded me of like oh right this is being animated in south korea right <laughs> and maybe it was like okay we have notes to make this cell well bender is sick lighter to describe how that is so like I don't know. We're we supposed to do it later here as well. <laughs> he looks weird in this one. Let's cell shade it lighter in this one too. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like Simpsons episodes do that as well. When specifically the, um, uh, Homer versus the 18th amendment mm. episode, uh, when everything is, uh, just dyed green at the, at the beginning. And then the, the coloring in that episode is weird for the rest of the episode. I wonder, too, if that's like an early days sort of thing, right? Like this episode mm. came out still in the 90s. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could very well be early days. And it's just the way it is. Uh, which is fine. It doesn't take away anything. It's just an interesting uh, thing to look at where it's like, oh, it's uh, all of a sudden popping. Um <laughs> I didn't watch on Disney Plus and didn't notice that. If it's just Disney Plus, then hey, 
great. I mean, I, I did watch on Disney Plus and didn't notice it, but I think uh, we're on record as I am worse at noticing those things than you, Greg. So mm. <laughs> um, you pick up on them better than I ever can. Uh, so, yeah. It's just my, it's just my eyes. <laughs> right, your your robot eyes. Um, yep, it's part of the upgrades. <laughs> uh, so Willy Wonka. What about him? Good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are are you guys like fans of the Willy Wonka movie or Charlie and the Chocolate I'm, Factory book? I'm I'm fan. I'm a fan of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I am not a fan of Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. No, you don't like Johnny Depp's uh, performance as Willy Wonka? Hate it. I hate it. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. And that was back when I was even in the pocket for Johnny Depp. Sure. Yeah. Still, and I, and I was like. Yeah, another Johnny Depp, Tim Burton well, co- right, collab. This I feel like it was right after this, Pirates, right? So he was like suddenly yeah. like, I mean, he was always like a pretty known character actor, but suddenly he was like a populist actor too. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's check and see exactly when it came I out. I believe 2005. It came out in 2005, yeah. Pirates so this 2003. Is, yeah, this is uh, well, where he's becoming the biggest actor on the planet. Yeah. Um, cause then Sweeney Todd is two, a couple years after that, 2007, I believe. Yeah. And that one I really liked when that I like Sweeney out. Todd. And I think I still do. <laughs> I think I still do like that movie quite a bit. I think so too. I mean, I rewatched um, it a couple of years ago, I think for the first time in a while. And I was like, yeah, I know Depp's not the best. Like, obviously he's not even trying to be a good singer. Like he's kind of just talking his way through it, but I think it works for the character, and <laughs> but he has that amazing acting talent. <laughs> it is so funny because that is an example of the weird ass casting process in Hollywood. Because absolutely, they could have found someone who can uh, sing really well and play that role and be also just a good as good of an actor if not better than johnny depp but for you know tim burton was just like yeah but i need depp i like i want depp to play the role so then instead of it being like and then and he i think he's even on record saying like when he got cast or like was in talks he was like but i'm not a singer like why are you why do you want me to do this role i'm not a singer and then he was just and so he was just like well i'll like take some singing lessons and do my best and it's just so wild because like that's also like a you know in a lot of the casting controversies in recent years uh, where it's like, you know, Scarlett Johansson's playing an Asian character and it's like, why did you do that? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> There's so many Asian actors that you could have cast, but you're like, ah, but ScarJo, she's got the cachet, baby. Um, yeah. Hollywood's, ho- you know, you know what I call Hollywood? I call it Holly weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> they they're not gonna like that. That's gonna be no, my yeah. guess. Uh, yeah. uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be roasted. Um, yeah, when they when they hear this podcast, you're gonna get a firmly worded letter <laughs> from Hollywood at all from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. You bet. <laughs> Holly Weird Foreign Press Association. <laughs> Emma's loving this. <laughs> Is this joke still going on? 
Yeah, when it's a bad one, you keep it going. <laughs> yeah, it's the rule. Okay. Until it gets good again. It was never good. <laughs> it can't well, get good let's... again if it was never good. Yeah, well, let's push it. Let's let's push it to the limit, you know? We got to take risks. Got to fly right into the danger zone. Yeah. Um, hey, you going to see Maverick, Greg? Hell yeah, I am. They push it up to May 27th. Push it up? In IMAX? Yeah, like they push it up. Be in June or something? And... No, it was supposed to be next year, man. Oh, really? Yeah, they pushed it to next year, but then... Then they rescinded. Then they Because it was supposed to be two years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yes, bring it now into my face hole. Yeah. I mean, my only concern with it is, like, how do you make a sequel to the perfect movie? It's it's a good point, but, you know, they've done to it Top before. Gun? <laughs> I'm sorry, Top Gun's terrible. It's... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Wait a minute, Greg. I think that movie... I thought the reason you were excited for Maverick is because you love Top Gun so much. What's going on? No, I'm excited for Maverick because it looks nothing like Top Gun. <laughs> it looks know. like everything... It looks like everything I really, really wanted Top Gun to be, but it just couldn't They are in fighter jets, at the time. Though. They are in fighter jets, and but inside those fighter jets are six IMAX cameras <laughs> in the cockpit. Um, I watched the, the I watched the featurette of them, and they have IMAX cameras all over those fuckers. <laughs> it's right. gonna be awesome. Ten bucks, Greg already has tickets. <laughs> <laughs> if they're on sale, he definitely does. Um, Fandango, here I come. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna go skip, skip the line. <laughs> I go to the Cineplex. It's like, yes, I bought my tickets through Fandango. I would like to redeem them, please. And they're like, what? Well, I I'm don't know sorry. what words you just said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I believe you just got hoodwinked. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about it. Did you know he flies his own jet? Of course he does. He's insane. Of course he does. He's a maniac, yeah. and it's going to be great. <laughs> It's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. It's uh, Joseph Kaczynski directing it, who I can't actually think of a better guy to direct that movie. What else did he do? He did. Um, he's obviously one of the three guys that Tom Cruise will work with. Right. So he did a, He did Oblivion. Oh, okay. And that movie is kind of like a test drive for Top Gun. Sure. And he also did Tron Legacy, which is a masterpiece. I've not seen it. You've never seen Tron Legacy? No, I've never seen Tron. You gotta see Tron Legacy, right. man. Do I need to see Tron first? Nah, okay. nah, <laughs> nah, nah. They cover all the important beats. Great. In the opening, in the opening month. I love Tron Legacy. It's like it. It's got one of the best scores. It like it like sets the precedent for scores for the next five years. After that, Daft Punk, man. Daft Punk. Did you know he also a... directed a, a movie called Spiderhead? I didn't know <laughs> that. That is supposed to come out this year, also. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, it's a Greg's Tom going on that. Fandango to buy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's got uh, Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, and Journey Smollett. Ooh, where did Miles I've... Teller go? He's, he's in Maverick. Top Gun. He's in Maverick as well, yeah. He is, but, uh, isn't he? What, what has he been up to? Because, yeah, he he kind of dipped out after Fan4Stick. Um, 
Maybe that was a good idea. Yeah, it was probably it was for smart. the best. <laughs> yeah, sat on the bench for a couple. Oh yeah, of years he did like War that. Dogs. Remember War Dogs? Directed <sighs> by no. Oscar-nominated director Todd Phillips. It was. Oh real yeah, good guy, bad. good guy, good guy, <laughs> good guy. Good, great, great guy. Real <laughs> really fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of unique opinions that I haven't heard <laughs> shared before. Mm-hmm. Yes, very, very. Uh, uh, a scholar of, of yeah. our times. Yeah. Of free thought, <laughs> really. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, anything else you want to say about the episode? <laughs> uh, I really loved it. I think we should uh, go into our favorite jokes and favorite tech. Let's do it. Um, we'll start with tech. I think it's the F-ray. It's got to be the F-ray. It's got to be the F-ray. Uh, I do like that in the laboratory, uh, the professor has a bunch of his other inventions just sitting on the table behind everyone, and you're like, oh, cool, we've seen that before, and I think this is the first time where I'm starting to pick up that, yes, a lot of this is pre-thought yeah. out. Yeah, lots of, um, lots of continuity. Um, which is so hard to do in an animated show where, just like The Simpsons, each episode takes six months to produce. Yeah. Um, I also love... <laughs> the uh, where he points the F-ray at, at Fry and he goes, ow, my sperm. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't hurt that didn't time. Hurt that time. <laughs> That's such a funny joke. Um, and then there's, of course, the later episode where he gets the parasites and they restore his sperm. So, mm-hmm. again, continuity. That's crazy. <laughs> Because I was thinking, wait, isn't he his own grandfather? And then, like, then you said... <laughs> yeah, they, they, they thought it out, my man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the F-ray, too, I think it's in the initial episode where um, Fry is, like, in the back alley looking at um, body parts to put on. And he picks up a nine. He's like, it's a Z-ray. Oh, it's yeah. two better than X. <laughs> and now they have the F-ray. <laughs> it's also pretty, I mean, pretty good joke where he's like, you have to wear these glasses and then he's like putting on a full body. Like... <laughs> and then he has to take it. And then it he to sends like... it to the decontamination <laughs> center. Uh, the prof- I mean, Professor always just fucking all-star MVP. I love God him so much. Damn, he's killing it in this episode. He's killing it. Even the early, can... uh, like, let's go to the laboratory and then yes. walk slowly. And they all walk <laughs> it's such a simple joke, but it's so funny. I did read, a... I did read on trivia about this that this was the first episode where like super fans started being able to put together the alien language. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it in this episode. Yeah, and so this was the first episode that they were able to start comparing it and make it. Like a Rosetta Stone. Mm. Yeah. So um, uh, there was, a, yeah, the the slurm, like because the like poster for slurm, it's, I think says drink slurm, um, was seen in other it's episodes. Highly addictive. And then in this episode, or maybe in a previous, but basically there's the same poster with the alien language, so people were able to be like, oh, okay, so that's D, that's S, you know. Um, but there also is uh, a brief um, alien language like. Uh, what do you call the the eye test uh, things, right? Mm-hmm. 
in the background. Actually, it's in that moment I just mentioned where they're all walking to the laboratory. Um, and uh, uh, the translation is, no squinting for eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find funny. Uh, I am trying to uh, shout out the alien language jokes as best we, I can. Um, but this is actually the first one we've had in a while, because in season one they only had in like four episodes. Um, so yeah, next one will be till Christmas Story. Xmas Story, pardon me. John Goodman. Is that with Evil Santa? Sure is. Played by John Goodman. Rules. Good casting. <laughs> um, favorite joke? What are those? They're Grunkalunkas. <laughs> Tell them I hate them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's 100%. It's honestly, it's one of my favorite jokes of all time. Like, not yeah. even in this episode, not even in Futurama, of all time, all comedy. And as you know, I'm immortal, so I've experienced all comedy uh, yeah. that's ever been Sometimes written. all at once. Yeah, and for, I don't know why, I mean, I know why, because it's really funny, but just like, <laughs> I remember the first time watching this episode, and just, like, literally keeling over on the floor laughing at it, because it was so unexpected. <laughs> I think it's so fucking funny. Tell them I, I hate love them. the professor. <laughs> How can you not love the professor? He's, the best. He's so good. Oh man. <laughs> I do also like no more questions. Why? <laughs> yeah, he raises his hand. Why? <laughs> yeah, Fry's got some good moments too. That one I, I also really like. Um, when will that be? Soon enough. That's not soon enough. <laughs> um. Bender, why are you in the? Why are you down here? It's like everyone else was jumping in. I wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted, I to, be wanted to be popular. <laughs> um, uh, help! I can't swim. That's all. I, I love any time he he needs help from Leela. Uh, oh yeah. It, uh, akin to the Moon episode, right, where he's like, "Every man for himself. Help me, Leela." <laughs> 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 like immediately, like in this, like jumps in and then help! I can't swim. He's like. Uh, <laughs> just uh, dive in and save them. It's great. The um, the the this time around, because I actually forgot that the "tell them I hate them" line <laughs> was in this episode. <laughs> uh, I will say I wrote that down as my favorite joke before I even started the episode because I knew. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm like I know what my favorite joke is. I don't need to. I don't need to. Yeah. Just when it happened, it was like, it was like, what are those foul creatures? <laughs> They're the Grunkalunkas. Tell them I hate them. And I, my reaction was this. Was, was this. Because <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. And then it all came flooding back to me. Oh, man. Um, that, yes, this was one of the one of the apex moments of comedy. Yes, absolutely. He's just honest. <laughs> He's not, he doesn't want to go tell him himself. <laughs> he doesn't want to be near them. <laughs> they so think they have people. a strong union, but they don't. <laughs> They're basically They're slaves. slaves. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I like that one too. Yeah. Uh, Glurbo's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah. Where do we go from there? Uh, notable references, of course, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, Spuds McKenzie, uh, in case people aren't aware, but uh, Spuds McKenzie, 
uh, Bud Light's uh, mascot for a long time. Um, it's a little dog um, who drinks beer, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the dog drinks beer? <laughs> I assume as much. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and uh, Slurm itself is, uh, as I mentioned, kind of Mountain Dew-esque, but also I think more akin to Surge, um, mm. which was a short-lived uh, drink that the because uh, um, Mountain Dew is a PepsiCo product, and Surge is it? Sur- yes, and Surge was Coca Cola's answer to Mountain Dew attempt. Oh. At I thought answer. that was Mellow Yellow. It's no. kind. Of, it's 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 similar. Like it's a, it's that same kind of like uh, idea, <laughs> but Surge was introduced as a uh, uh, competitor specifically to Mountain Dew. Um, yeah. and, but the main reason why it's more akin to Slurm is that it, it's advertising was like, you know, the kind of like hardcore, like, like, whoa, Surge, bro. Like, like that kind of, um, or like, uh, in Clone High, the, um, Extreme, Extreme Blue. Blue. Yeah. Like that, that kind of marketing strategy that was actually pretty popular in the nineties. Yeah. Um, it helps to fortify your X zone. <laughs> it has all the neutrinos and vitamins that you need. That's right. Um, well, and then and then the new slurm versus, yes. and it'll be gross, and we'll bring black classic, and everybody yes. will clamor for it, and yeah. we'll make billions. Um, which is, of course, uh, uh, Coke, Coke itself. That's exactly what they did. Coke, yeah. Um, and that that was. You, did you guys ever try new? Coke? I was going to say, was that not? No. I feel like that was before my time. <laughs> yeah, which is. Saying a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. So it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was introduced in '85, uh, so the year I was born, um, and then renamed Coke Two in 1990. So f- within five years, they were like, oh, "No one likes this. We'll call it Coke, Coke Two. Two. Yeah. Uh, and then discontinued in uh, July 2002. Um, but yeah, they brought back original Coke formula and branded it Coca Cola Classic. And people were like, yay, <laughs> my favorite's back. Good, Finally, out of the darkness. Good work, Coca-Cola company. Light. You can do no wrong. We love you. Yeah. Here, take Christmas from us forever. <laughs> Here, here's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Please trademark it out the asshole. Um, but yeah, that's all I had for notable references. Cool. Well... This was fun. This was fun. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should mention that this, of course, as we said, is the end of season one uh, from our purview. So uh, the next episode, which is I Second That Emotion, um, is technically for, for us, season two, episode one. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Do we want to do a, a season one recap or do we want to just keep plowing through? Do you think? Nah, we better do a recap. Yeah. <laughs> We've done a lot of work. <laughs> All right. So that'll be our next episode is just a yeah. just a classic <clears throat> recap episode where we'll choose our top five episodes from the season. And uh, and with any luck, we'll be in person. Yes. Uh, so. Your contract's done soon, right? today oh shit not to date us but today is sunday (laughs) april 3rd and um by the time you hear this my contract will have been done for several days Oh, great so you'll be back in calgary and we can play oh i'll be back in calgary by uh by friday yeah um well saturday at the latest because that's when i have to sign paperwork 
to get married and you have to sign I, I'll uh, sign, next to my name. Yeah, I'll sign where it says witness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will be making several Mad Max Fury Road jokes while we do that, just so you know. Please bring the pancake spray <laughs> or the cake spray. Witness me. Yeah. I had a baby brother. <laughs> Perfect movie. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, thanks, Emma, for joining us. Thanks for having you me on. Plug? And, uh, <laughs> no. It's not a trick question. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have anything, that's okay. <laughs> you um, coming up that you want people to know about, but... Um, no. <laughs> no. I... Um, you just did a Tidy Whitey show, didn't I you? I did. Yeah. At the very ago. end of this podcast... Let's let's talk about how that went. Okay. How'd that go? Good. Fun. Yeah? Great. A lot of fun. Was it nice being back in the clown shoes? Yes. Very much so. I hadn't done anything really creative in quite a long time, so it felt good to dive back in. Did you feel like you needed to, like, dust off cobwebs? Uh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah. It takes a long time to get... But I mean, you're working with uh, Kelly and Catherine, so it's like, it must be like riding a bike in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. It was easy to like fall back into it with the two of them, but uh, just, you know, getting an audience back in, it was a bit of an adjustment again, because you're reacting so much to the audience, but Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. And we had a kid who just would not stop talking at us. Oh, no. He would just, he just wanted, as soon as we talked to him the first time, he was participating. Oh, yeah. He was, mm. he was like, in I'm it. in this show now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. I, I yeah. love that. Yeah. But otherwise I have nothing going on because I'm a teacher and I am tired all the time. You're shaping. Yeah. I've heard Canada's that that's youth. par for the course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show for the first time. Yeah, anytime you like want a guest and have a free episode, I'm always down <laughs> to talk about Futurama. I mean, we should definitely Great. try and get you on um, for like, an, you know, at the very least once per season. But Great. So like, you know, choose like, we can talk offline, of course, but choose your favorite episode from season two and we'll try and slot you in for that one because it's, I, I, it's always nice to get guests on for episodes they they really like or if there's mm-hmm. one you hate that's also could be fun oh you know? yeah Ooh. if there's one you're like this is the worst episode ever made that could be a fun one to to get you on for too yeah, yeah. strong feelings are good yes. yeah. <laughs> we don't like ambivalence for... here yeah they make for good radio 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 <laughs> all right um that's it that's all from us tune in next time for our recap episode and we will be of course answering some mailbag on that episode as we are wont to do and so uh alan where can what's that send in your mailbags S- send in your mailbags <laughs> where can they do that you can email us at the hammock district on third and at gmail.com numerical three and you can find us on the socials facebook instagram and twitter uh where we sometimes post things, uh, but you can definitely follow us. And that way, if we do post things, you won't miss it. That's how social media works. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, Patreon. We got our Patreon as mentioned at the top. Um, the $69 deal is no longer, uh, valid, but if you want to donate $69, you still definitely can. Um, 
to possibly help me feed my dog. Um, and you can subscribe for uh, three bucks uh, Canadian, two bucks American to get all of our bonus content. Um, we just did our Scott Pilgrim versus the world commentary. And we got, uh, we're doing some cage next. Yeah. We're getting in the cage. We're getting in the cage with cage. Yeah. Um, and that'll be fun to talk about Mr. Cage. Yeah. I think we we changed the, what movies we're going to be doing. Did we? <laughs> because, yeah, because I'm not a huge fan of Con Air. I think it's pretty boring yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, so I think we're doing face off the rock and gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think Gone in 60 Seconds is a somewhat uh, lesser um, regarded film, but I think it's also about a billion times better than Con Air. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, also, it's a nice short movie. It's only 60 seconds long, so... That's true, yeah. Um... It'll be real quick. <laughs> it won't take us four months to do it like we did with this one. I got, I got Emma with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but... <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. And as always, with, with my, my last, last breath, breath, I curse, I curse Zoidberg. Zoidberg. It's hard to match, sync that up. <laughs> we did as good as we could. <laughs> <laughs>